0: Hey folks, my name is Rusty Mackey, and you're listening to The Art of Stability. The Art of Stability is conversations with old and new friends to hear how they've navigated the challenges of life while staying grounded to Jesus in the midst of it all. On today's episode, I talk with Ronnie Martin, Ronnie is a Southern California native who moved 11 years ago with his wife, Melissa, his daughter, and two cats to Ashland, Ohio. Eight years ago, Ronnie and Melissa planted Substance Church. With all their free time, they help out Harbor Network with pastoral care and connection. Ronnie has written books about complaining and Christmas. Those are two separate books, by the way, that you should check out. He hosts several podcasts, and regularly procrastinates on his seminary education. You're going to resonate with something in today's episode that covers resilience, shame, and the need for faithful friends. Stay with us and enjoy the walk of shame with Ronnie Martin. I'm so grateful that you're joining me today, and as I think about you, uh, really. There are two things that I value uh, about you that I've experienced personally that I've experienced on your social media, uh, which if you all are not following Ronnie on social media, you definitely should. Uh, He's a great encourager. Uh, But the two things that I've noticed about you, Ronnie, is uh, first of all, that it seems like you have this balance in your life. Mm. You have a balance of being able to acknowledge the hard in the difficult of life, yet you also have this hopefulness to you. And that balance then uh, really leads into the second thing that I really value and appreciate about you, which you already mentioned that getting to work with pastors, Mm -hmm. Uh, you are just an encourager and you are there for pastors and you see it all over your social media. And I personally have experienced it From you over the years, Uh, and I'm wondering, what is the story behind those qualities? Uh, Have you always been that way, or was there a development to you becoming uh, that type of a person?
1: Well, gosh, Russ, I I mean, those—that's too nice. Those nobody's that great. What you just described. (laughs) So let me let me just refute that here for a second. You know, it's the first question is really interesting to me um, because. I, I come from a very, um, I don't know how to say this other than to say it very blatantly. Um, I, I come from a very cynical family. Mm -hmm. I come from a large family. Um, and I come from an environment where, um, there's a lot of cynicism and there is not, um, a lot of opportunity to be vulnerable. And so I grew up in that kind of environment and, um, So I think one of the prayers that I've had for going on decades now is that the Lord would, the Lord would break me of some of that natural cynicism that I sort of arrive at very easily, too easily. And that he would also allow me to not, not be, um, that he would sort of take away any sort of argumentative spirit that might be in me. And so I, there, I, I, I'm always trying to strike a balance. I don't know that I do it that well, but I'm trying to strike a balance between being honest and having an opinion about some things that maybe aren't even popular, but to do it in a way that says, Hey, at the end of the day, Jesus is ruler of the universe. Mm -hmm. He's ruler over my heart. And there is still hopefulness in, in wherever we end up you know on on either side or or whatever side it is that we that we might find ourselves on whether you know in any sort of facet of life and i i think it's a to be quite honest with you it's a, it's encouraging to hear you say that because it's a massive mm-hmm. struggle for me mm-hmm. because my tendency is actually to be more cynical and i am constantly trying not to be
0: yeah, and i yeah. certainly
1: would never Want to put myself in a in the position of somebody else being negatively affected by my cynicism. Mm -hmm. And um so thanks for saying that because man, it's a slog for me. It's a natural thing for me, but I want to be hopeful and I want to be encouraging and I just want to get better at it. And I and I hope hopefully I am. Um, and that's why I sort of have a no-arguing policy on social media. So when people make comments where they disagree, I I know I don't come back unless I need to apologize. I never get into debates or or arguments um, because we just don't really see a lot of good coming from that, especially in that particular medium. Man, the second part of your question, you know, pastoring is so difficult for me. Um, It has been the hardest thing that I've ever, I get emotional when I talk about it, but it's been the it's been the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life. And I've never felt, uh, it is not something that I feel like I do very well, at the, again, at the risk of sounding self-deprecating. And so when I talk to other pastors, I feel like I'm, um, I'm able to understand how, um, just how much it takes from you yeah. on an emotional, on a spiritual, on a relational level. There's such a high cost to pastoring. And um, I've felt it for some years now, and um, so to be able to sit down and have a conversation, um, you know, or have or have a Zoom call or text somebody, another pastor, that is just just sinking in the mire of of just the just the mental overwhelmingness that this job is, and to be able to say, hey, man, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm not I'm not looking down on you, but I'm in yeah. the mud, in the slog, in the mire with you. Um, it's just a privilege to be able to do that. And so I'm I'm just thankful that the Lord has mm. given me some opportunities uh for that. Yeah. Mm. You know, what
0: I love about what you just shared in both of those instances is really this idea that I found to be true in my life as well, that oftentimes, you know, it's the place of our greatest weakness. It's the place of our greatest struggles. It's mm. the place where we're like, we feel like we're pushing the boulder up the hill only to have it roll back over us a couple yeah. thousand times Yeah, uh, that that is the place where God then, uh, brings forth something beautiful Mm -hmm. and God brings forth what appears to be a strength, (laughs) right? Others can look at it and see, Oh man, Ronnie has this balance of uh, facing hard things, but also being hopeful and encouraging pastors. And it's like, yeah, but nobody sees uh, everything that you went through and are still going through uh, in order to have that kind of presence in the world. I just think that's really, Mm -hmm. it's really encouraging and beautiful.
1: Uh, thanks for saying that, Russ. I appreciate that. So part of this
0: podcast is really uh, letting people get a peek into others' lives to see, you know, how do you handle the instability of life? I'm sure you probably haven't experienced a lot of instability these days. Uh, <laughs> but if you could uh, think back <laughs> to a time, and uh, maybe even share a story with us of when you experienced uh, the instability of life. And then maybe speak into how you've navigated that in the past.
1: Well, gosh, you know, the last 18 to 20 months, uh, you know, have proven to be, you know, and I'll just speak, you know, from, you know, from the position of being a pastor at a church. I mean, it's, it's been the most unstable of anything that I think most of us have ever experienced, you know, Um, and I remember there was one particular moment because we've had some stuff happen, you know, at the church, yeah. you know, we've lost quite a few members. Um, and even before COVID we experienced, um, you know, a, a church split. And, um, so we're on a, we, we were on a run when COVID hit already. Yeah. And, um, so going into that and then beginning to experience some of the fracturing that, that came with that, unfortunately. And, and people just, you know, um, people feeling very, you know, unsettled and experiencing their own sense of doubt and not knowing what's going on in the world and feeling like, you know, they have to wrestle control over their own lives. And and I and I know that, you know, we we've all been facing that. And I and I just it came to a a, a moment one time where. You know I think it ended up in being a massive argument that my wife and I had over something completely inconsequential that was, you know, all this other stuff just triggered. Yeah. You know as those things happen and I remember the cats, just you know, perhaps Yeah, that's right. It was the cats. Yeah. Um those cats that traveled with us are no longer with us anymore so there's you know we have a new cat. But um those cats did not last forever but I remember just saying, you know what? I need to go for a walk and mm. um I remember I went for a walk and I'm just walking and I'm emotional and I'm crying and I'm listening to sad music, which is what I do in those moments. And I just I, you know, I, I wrote one of my elders and I said, man, if you could just pray for me right now, I go, I just don't have anything left right now. And I'm just tired. And, you know, I know you guys know that and you've been kind and they, they have been they've been gracious. And um, so I was blessed to have that, but I just, you hit those moments, you know, where you just, you want to escape and you can't and you have to face your fears. You have to face the uncomfortableness. You have to face the people that you can't please. And it's all right there and it's ugly and you feel ugly on the inside. You're you look ugly on the outside because you're crying. And, um, and I remember, um, I mean, it's going to be hard not to be emotional about this, but, I remember I was walking for a long time mm. and I turned the corner back to, you know, walking up my s- the sidewalk to where my house was and my guys were standing right there waiting for me. Wow. And, um, man, that was, um, mm, man, it's hard to keep my control, but that was a, that was a moment for me. And I went up and I just, I hugged one, of, one of my guys, big guy, not a hugger. He'll tell you that. And, um, he just gave me a big hug and I cried and it was, um, man, it was just such, it was such a helpful moment of release. I think it, in that moment, I experienced a particular kind of stability, which was, um, man, you're just, you're, you, you, feel alone, but you're not alone. And just because we feel alone, that doesn't speak into the truth that in actuality, we're not alone. And to experience the closeness of Jesus in that moment, which is what I needed, I, yeah. I needed I needed to feel it tangibly with men who were walking with me, who were standing with me. And then who physically were going to wrap their arms around me so that I could remember something that was true in spite of how I was feeling. Yeah. And um, man, that was a moment of instability that turned into stability. And I remember being able to sleep that night. We're brought back into these moments, right, where um, God puts us in, into those moments of being like a child again, where I just I needed my dad, and my dad passed away 13 years ago. I haven't had my dad in a long time. I needed that. I needed that presence in my life in that moment. I, I needed a dad, you know. In some ways, I needed the love of my heavenly dad, and I got it through my through my guys that night. And um, and, I, and it was a moment where I felt I, I felt like it's gonna be okay. You know, um, it's gonna be, you know, I'm gonna find that stability that I'm lacking. They provided that for me and it was, um, I'll never forget it, you yeah. know.
0: And I'm curious, you mentioned the dynamic of turning the corner, seeing the guys, the release, you know, really kind of this resolution. Uh, what was the walk like before that?
1: Well, you know, I think I'm a lot like, a. I think, you know, I'm no different than a lot of guys. You know, I have four different resignation letters sitting in my drawer right now from the past <laughs> year. I just, you know, I'm going to write a new one, right? Yep. You know, I didn't use any of them right? Um, you know those walks for me they happen probably a couple of times a year, and um really what it is it's it's allowing me to let some things go mm-hmm. and um it's it there's these moments where i I need to let the tears go. I need to be by myself in some ways, not not for the entirety of how I'm feeling, but I need a moment to just be alone. I need to let the tears go. I need to, I really need to crowd to the Lord um, yeah. and I need to be honest and I need to complain. And, um, and I need to, I need to pray not so carefully um, like I do the majority of the time, like most of us yeah. do. We pray like we're in a business meeting with God and the deal is on the line. That's and right. And I need to not do that. And I don't do that in those moments. Um, When I turned that corner, there was a lot of shame. And I, I, man, they saw me or else I probably would have turned around and walked the Mm -hmm. other way. Um, But I, but I couldn't, they saw me, they were waiting for me. I didn't want to face them at first because man, it's hard to be, it's hard to be that vulnerable, especially when you're the lead pastor. Yep. And these are the guys that follow your lead. And and um and for them to see me in that in that state, I don't want them to think that I'm breaking down to the degree that I won't be able to lead them. There's all those fears that yep. come into place. And of course, all of those are unfounded. And they're not thinking that at all. They're just there because they care. And but that yeah, that that 50 yard walk or whatever that was, that was that's what was hard. Yeah, Getting really. ready to face them, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and then on this side, you know the release, you know the yeah being held, you know the the relief that came from mm. that, yeah, I also love the dynamic of that story that it, it it wasn't it wasn't just cut and dry, you know when you saw mm. the guys, there was a dynamic of I'm ready to turn around, but they saw me, but then there was also a dynamic of my guys are here, you know, it was, it was the both end of the joy of seeing them and the shame that you were experiencing in that moment.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And I think, it, you know, it, I think it really describes the tension that we, you know, we, we are, we're constantly, you know, face to face with that, with that tension between, I know, that's what I need over there. But there is that, I have to let some things go to get there and there is that ever present shame there. That is like a monster. It's, it just wants to engulf a person and um, I'm glad I kept walking. You know, I wouldn't have received the embrace if I would have let the shame reverse my direction. And um, so by God's grace, you know, I I didn't, I didn't run away. Um, And, but there was that tension there and uh, you know, that tension's always going to be there, you know, and I hope it lessens. Um, and there's even shame in saying that I felt that tension that I wanted to turn around and, and go the other way. But I know that's how most of us would feel in that, in that moment. You know, there is that both and, and, you know, I Paul describes that both and constantly in the new Testament, he was a both and guy, yep. you know, and, yep. um, and that's who we are. And I think it, and I think when we, we become a little if we if we acclimate ourselves to the reality of that both andness of our lives, um, I think we'll we will be able to care for ourselves better as well as caring for others, because the realization that they're just standing in the in just in the tension of that all the time, it's going to help how we care, how we preach, how we speak. Um, you know, and and all of those things as, as pastors, I think. That's a good word, brother. Thank you for sharing that.
0: So what have been some practices that you've done recently to help Mm -hmm. you stay grounded in Jesus? Mm -hmm. What's something that's really just been encouraging you in your relationship with the Lord?
1: You know, I, I go through, I go through, you know, seasons with my my devotional time and with, um, you know, prayer and the word and, and things of that nature. And, you know, sometimes it is so hard, you know, to allow ourselves to, you know, to sort of, you know, immerse ourselves in those things that we, we know we need to do. We know they're true. We know they're shaping. We know they form us. Um, but they can be the hardest things for us to do, even even though we've been doing them for a long time. Yeah. And I think what I've found is that if I if I just if I stay faithful in those those simple areas of prayer and the Word, I feel like God renews those times for me. Um, and what He does is in those renewing seasons of praying and and time in the Word is that he commits more of his word to my memory and to my heart. And I'm recalling those things more often than not. And how I know that that is happening in me is that I have, um, I spend more time being thankful Hmm. and I take intentional moments uh, in my day to, to remember, to be thankful And so I I think it's the, man, it is the day in, day out slog of not ministry, but just living a life as a human being that wants to be conformed more deeply to the image of Christ, but also knowing that the way that we do that is hard. Yeah. Um, And I think when the Lord is re, really has me in a place where I'm experiencing some sweetness, which is, which is happening right now. And by sweetness, I literally mean what you're saying, stability, because stability is sweetness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, my heart is, my heart is repositioned and redirected um, toward thankfulness. Yeah. And, um, and that has been, the key for me that unlocks everything else. If I remember, if I am diligent in my, in my thankfulness, it seems like a lot of other pieces in my life that are just discombobulated and are lacking any, any sense of soundness and reason. They all seem to synchronize. Um, when I'm looking around and I'm going, Oh, that's right, Lord, you did that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take a minute and thank you for that because, In the eyes of the world, that's a small thing, but it's not. That's right. The world says inconsequential. The Lord says, that's my grace to you. I think so. stability for me and, and the practice of it comes through just remembering to recount his wondrous deeds, as the psalmist writes, and to be thankful. But man... Man, oh man, it's a, that's a discipline and it's a practice for sure. It's hard work. Oh man, 100%. This question
0: may sound strange, but what does thankfulness feel like mm. for Ronnie Martin? Or maybe another way to get at what I'm trying to ask here is, uh, what is your sense of the Lord? Like what, what does it feel like in your relationship with Jesus when you're experiencing that thankfulness?
1: Oh man, that is such a great question. I think when I start, when I start opening my eyes to what is surrounding me, um, it allows me almost, it's almost an invitation It's almost an invitation to saying like, Lord, I just want to be near you. I want to feel your closeness. So a small example would be I was sitting in this little room we have, you know, in the house where we got, you know, a bunch of books and we got these two chairs that me and my wife sit at. We're sounding like a senior citizen right now. Um, And (laughs) we got this little table with the lamp. Right. And that's where we sit in the morning. I just had this overwhelming, a couple of days ago, I had this overwhelming sense of gratitude um, by sitting there and I'm looking out these these windows and the sun is just starting to rise and it's kind of a beautiful morning. The weather's been beautiful lately. And I just had this overwhelming sense of like, hey, I never even thought I would have a room like this one day, but I could sit with a bunch of books that I'm probably never going to read, but I've read 10% of them, you know, and um, I got my Bible right here. I got a cup of coffee I don't deserve. And, um, man, I got, I got about an hour and a half before I have to get out into the day to, to just sit here and be here. And I just was overwhelmed with thankfulness by saying, but I like this room. God could have given me any room. He also could have given me no room, but he gave me this room. And I was just starting to unpack the particularness of that. He, he gave me this room for this particular season in my life, because I don't know where I'm going to be next year, or next uh, tomorrow. May, you know, I'm, I may not have this room for the rest of my life, but he's given it to me now to create memories of time with him that might carry me through a future season that is going to be incredibly difficult for me, That I, that I'm going to need to remember this to get me by. And I just started unpacking that. And I and it just filled me with such a sense of gratefulness and thankfulness to the Lord. And in that moment, I just felt my heart lifting. And I just I felt glad to be alive, which is I'm a very melancholy kind of a dude. And for me to even say things like glad to be alive is just my wife is probably hearing that somewhere off in you know, the distance and something's happening to her, you know. Um, But I felt that I felt that in that moment. And um, it's rare for me, but I felt, I felt his presence and um, it was
0: amazing. Mm. Well, it's not surprising that you felt his presence and you felt glad to be alive. Right. I mean, Mm. in your presence, there is fullness of joy and yeah, it's just, oh, that's beautiful, Ronnie. You know, I, I just love, yeah, I'm just so grateful for you hopping on with me today and sharing uh, just a little bit more of the interior world. You know, mm. this is the kind of stuff that people don't get to hear unless we share it. And it's it's just encouraging to hear how even though it has been a chaotic past year and a half, 18 months, right? Even though that is the reality that we live in four resignation letters in the drawer, uh, yet at the same time you're just growing in this gratitude. you're growing in this joy. Mm-hmm. the Lord's giving you these sweet moments yes, for future hard seasons. I love that imagery, but also for this season right yeah. here right yeah. now. it's just it's really beautiful and hearing the the parallel you know kind of this theme of with your walk with your elders, you know that around that corner and your shame is like, ah oh, turn around don't do it. But then you you pressed in and you received the blessing. And then to hear you talking about, you know, pressing into the word and prayer and how it's hard. And sometimes you're like, I don't want to do it. But you press in and then the release comes, the relief mm. comes, the stability, the sweetness. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing Thanks, uh, some of your life with us here today. Privilege. Thanks
1: so much for talking to me.
0: Well, there you have it. Thanks for joining us today for The Art of Stability. If you want to get connected to Ronnie, you can follow him on Twitter at Ronnie J. Martin. And you'll want to make sure that you do follow him because in the next year or so, Ronnie will release two new books, one on Christmas and one on small town pastoring. The Art of Stability is a production of Steadfast Ministries, which exists to help you stay grounded in Christ to go the distance in life and work. If you want more help in this area, be sure to check out Steadfast Ministries' website at steadfastmin.com. That's steadfastmin.com. The Art of Stability cover art was created by Brian Bim. Music created and performed by Rob Maine, And the music was recorded and produced by the Asterisk Company. If you'd like to support this podcast and help spread the word, subscribe today. Share this episode with others or leave us a review on iTunes so that more folks can join us next time for the Art of Stability.